Hello, boys and girls. Welcome out to Peacappy Podcast. We're back on regular episodes again, discussing Ash through the Hoenn region. And despite this being a, an anime podcast that goes through the main series, we've been off on our side quests with the Pokemon Chronicles characters, so it feels like it's been a long time since we talked about Ash. All the longer when I haven't been updating regularly, <laughs> so it's good to be back on the road of our journey again. But like I said, if it's your first time joining us, this is an anime podcast about the Pokemon television show that goes through each episode one at a time and, like, dissects it to the ninths. In every episode, there are nerdy details, there is fun, there is fail, so thank you for joining us today. We'll see which side of the fence this episode lands on. And Peacappy Podcast is brought to you by Poke Press. And you definitely want to swing by their YouTube channel. They've been up to a lot of things lately. Some of those things involve an interview with Lucian Dodge, who, if you don't know, is the voice of Blue in Pokemon Origins, among other people, like Silver. But speaking of Origins, Blue was easily the best character in that entire thing, so if there was anyone worth talking to, it was that guy. Also an unboxing of Revelation Lugia, that soundtrack for the second Pokemon movie, um, the Japanese soundtrack. Like, I just have such feelings about that CD, like, I remember the day I bought it. I remember scouring, like, Book Off and all the cheap CD stores I could find until I found it. And I think it's really, like, interesting packaging. Maybe not to everybody's tastes, but, like, it's definitely different. So if you have not been so lucky as to be able to purchase it for yourself and see, like, you know, the inserts and the watercolors or the layered jewel casing and all that, like, check out that video so you can see it for yourself. And the discussion with Lucian Dodge, too, and, like, you know, how he got into voice acting and, you know, key points about his characters, things like that, also way fun. One of the many things Steven was able to do at Anime Milwaukee. So you should check out PokePress on YouTube, or you can also check out pokepress.blogspot.com, or the new podcast, PokePress Digest, to get all this great stuff. Check it out immediately after listening to this episode, which is Advanced Generation number two. We're back to following Ash. It's been so long since we've seen this kid, I feel like we gotta sit and catch up. Like, how you been? What have you been up to? And while Ash has kept up his exercise regime, walking day after day, all day, and, and you don't appreciate just how fit Ash must be until you have a character like May around, 
who seemed pretty athletic when we met her riding her bike around, but one day following Ash on his eternal hike and she's dying. <laughs> and that's just walking. Like, soon Ash and Pikachu are like, let's start running! And May puts the brakes on that. The two are on their way to Oldale Town and eventually Petalburg City to, you know, register for the Pokemon League and all that. Ash wants to get to the next town before it gets dark, or since it's Ash, really just get places as soon as possible regardless of any other considerations, uh, but May can't keep up the pace. And this would normally irritate Ash, but you know, May did have a bike. <laughs> so no, it doesn't bother him at all that they have to stop frequently. <laughs> May is milking that for all she can. Um, but as they're walking leisurely down the road, it gives them a chance to get to know each other and notice things about each other, like Pikachu never goes into a Pokeball. Now, that's not really so weird, because we've been on this journey a few years. We've seen lots of Pokemon that stay out of their Pokeballs and, you know, just hang with their trainers. Um, but for beginning trainers, it's odd. Like, it must be one of the first things they learn in Pokemon Training 101 or something. Pokemon go in Pokeballs. Because Ash had a problem getting used to that in the beginning, too. And, and really, I think every beginning trainer that they've met in the series is like, that's so weird that Pikachu never goes in a Pokeball. Except maybe Iris. I can't remember if she ever commented on it. Because <laughs> she did have a dragon, like, living in her hair, so she might not have thought anything was weird. Um, but the exchange reminds May that she really doesn't know anything about the new Pokemon that she's suddenly got strapped to her waist. She doesn't know anything about Torchic as a person or about the Torchic species in general. Um, but she's got this bright, shiny Pokedex she can use, and Ash is so happy to have someone else handling the Pokedex duties now. I tell you, the audience perception of Ash's intelligence is directly related to whether or not there is another trainer who can use the Pokedex. If there is, Ash is on top of everything. If there isn't, and he's the one who has to do it, everyone's calling him an idiot. Anyway, while they're walking along, they come across a Pokemon called Azubril, and May has her Pokedex out, so we learn that it's a water type. Cute little Pokedotted Pokemon shaped like a ball. And Ash is like, not trying to catch it. My gosh, proud senpai instincts have kicked in. He's like, I'll stand back and let you try to catch it. Learn, my young Padawan. And May unknowingly takes a leaf straight from the teacher's book. She grabs an empty Pokeball and throws it. No previous weakening or nothing. Now, way back in the day, this did work for Caterpie, but it does not work for Azuril. And Ash has to explain to May why, like, you generally weaken the Pokemon first. It, it tends to help. And so, out you come, Torchic, you fire-type. This is gonna end so well. Um, luckily we don't get a water gun to the face right away. Azuril is happy to just give Torchic the runaround, uh, sort of jumping out of the way so that Torchic runs straight into trees. May isn't really able to call attacks, and Torchic is such a little go-getter, so it acts without any instructions. And when it gets called out on that, it starts crying. <laughs> so this pair is one that's got some growing pains to go through. And the battle continues with May calling an actual attack. Uh, she calls for Ember, which is like a jackhammer. And the battle continues with May calling an actual attack. She has Torchic use Peck. And it's like a jackhammer, like as long as you have it pointed at the exact spot you need broken, it's great. 
But if your construction project moves a couple inches, well, it's not so effective, is it? And that's what happens when Azuril just moves out of the way and Torchic just goes all Woody Woodpecker on a tree. Um, then chases Azuril through the bushes and into a whole evolution line. Fires Ember at Azuril and its buddies, Meryl and Azumarill. So now we get our water gun in trio. So Pikachu steps in uh, to battle so Torchic doesn't get washed downstream. And Pikachu, his accuracy is going up. He uses Thunderbolt, but doesn't even hit the Pokemon. He aims for the ground directly in front of them, which causes a little explosion and scares them into jumping back into the water and ending the confrontation. Nice job, my boys. Well, Torchic is completely fainted, which motivates May to now run to the Pokemon Center. Torchic will be fine, uh, but May feels kind of bad, so she puts the rush on this. Of course, something always pops up to interrupt our kids, in this case, a researcher and some old ruins. Oldale Town is adjacent to an excavation site, um, and the dude working there, Professor Alden, is very friendly, and he gives kids uh, directions to the Pokemon Center. Um, leaving our character of the day for the moment, Torchic gets checked into the Pokemon Center, and like expected, it's going to be fine. It just needs to rest. So Ash calls Professor Oak, and May gets to meet someone famous. And like a good big sister, she's all ready to rub it in the face of her brother once she gets home. And it kind of gives her reason to stick with Ash beyond this trip back to her house. I mean, the boy's got connections. Might want to hang around him. She hasn't been with him long enough to realize he's a magnet for, like, legendaries wrecking things. Um, but while the kids call the professor, Team Rocket decides to be especially daring and calls their boss. I know, he's kind of surprised too. But yeah, uh, Giovanni can look at the positives. He's got two agents working on the DL in Hoenn, a small sting operation. Like, that's the best case scenario. The worst case scenario, his two worst agents get lost and no one hears from them ever again. Either way, it's a win-win. So Jesse, James, and Meowth are feeling good about life. Like, they're ready to start up the branch office. Um, and Ash is showing May the ropes of the Pokemon Center and very quickly realizes that he and May have different goals on their journey. <laughs> uh, but this scene also serves to establish, like, how the Pokemon world works for the audience and how training works. Some of that audience may not have been around to have watched all of Indigo League. Um, and we who did watch all of that also learned a few interesting things, like one, there's a new Petalburg gym leader, so theoretically our first gym coming up should be a bit of a shake-up. Two, Pikachu is still obsessed with ketchup. And three, the Pokemon Center system and all its services are only available to those actively training. Like, yeah, Joy will heal any Pokemon in the town, I'm sure, but the food, the free lodging, it's for trainers only. And Ash has a line suggesting he doesn't actually consider himself in training right now, and therefore shouldn't really be gorging himself in the cafeteria. Which is interesting. It's not a huge deal, I think. Um, but I guess neither of the two are actually registered for the Hoenn League yet. So it's Kind of gratifying, I guess, that Ash recognizes that he's not entitled to the system. Like, that he recognizes that people are doing him a favor here. 
Um, but the Pokemon Center is run at the discretion of Nurse Joy, and she can take things on a case-by-case basis. Like, I don't think she's actually worried about Ash and May getting a meal before they get registered. Um, and she's happy to loan out a room to that local Professor Alden who's researching the ruins. Ash and May take a minute to catch up with him. There's a cavern, supposedly, in those ruins that no one's figured out how to enter. And because of that, inside might be all kinds of ancient Pokémon. Not just the kind revived from fossils, but Pokémon who lived long ago and still live today. Not changing, not transplanted, just living. Exciting stuff. Although I'm always a little in awe of the Poké world, like, guys, you bring fossils back to life like it's nothing. How are you not running around in a state of fan-shrieking every second of your lives? But yeah, uh, this guy is interested in learning how ancient Pokémon lived and what better way to do that than meet the real ones and just ask. <laughs> and Alden's interest in the Pokémon world shows May that, yeah, there might be more to being a trainer than just the battling and things that she doesn't really like. She could go a million different directions with her career and find some niche in the Pokemon world that works for her instead of having to pretend she's enthusiastic about gym battles and whatever. And in fact, if May wants a hobby, she might take a look at that stone tablet the professor has, which looks a lot like that tablet found in the archaeological site for the ancient city of Pokemopolis. And a lot of the symbols are also found in the ruins for Pokelantis, so... Like, this is the stuff thesis papers are made of. Professor Alden here needs four keys to open the cavern door, and that's what he's been looking for. Um, so has someone else. Team Magma. Yes, we did not waste any time getting them in here. Uh, Team Magma is the evil, or at least misguided, organization out to do sketchy things, and they cut the power to the Pokemon Center so they can abduct Professor Alden. It's the glowing red sunglasses that really sell these guys. Like, I bet Team Rocket just looks at that and drools with envy. Anyway, Team Rocket grabs Nurse Joy and uses that collateral to get cooperation from Alden. They lock Joy, Ash, and May in a storage area and head off to the ruins. But you see, you have to leave someone standing guard over Ash. Remember, the boy is MacGyver, and if you just leave him alone with a locked door, like... Don't tell me he can't break out of that. And he's under the gun, since the power is cut like this is essentially a hospital. They need to switch over to reserve power as soon as possible. Um, so Pikachu finds an air shaft, Ash tears off the grate, and gets to work escaping. May comes along with him because adventure. As for Team Rocket, they've been trying to tunnel under the building, but just end up tunneling straight to Team Magma. Rival teams, Magma's like, Huh? Everything I heard was true, so they know about Team Rocket, somehow. And Jesse James and all their Pokémon retreat in fear. Taking over Hoenn might be harder than they thought. But I do like the idea of, like, the rival gangs, like, across regions have heard of each other and, like, have opinions. Like, obviously Team Aqua and Team Magma have conflicting goals, but, like, but that Team Magma, like, also keeps tabs on Team Rocket operations. I kind of shudder in fear of the day when some of these gangs start, like, teaming up. Like, I don't think this is a spoiler because it's been out for certainly long enough, and I haven't actually finished Pokemon Sun and Moon yet, so, like, I don't actually know where it goes. 
to be honest, I'm not actually sure what the timeline is, because remember, some of the games are not, like, they're not all in consecutive order, so it's possible Sun and Moon took place before Unova, but regardless, the second Cole Rush showed up, like, I kind of dropped my DS. Because <laughs> Team Skull has not been threatening up to that point, but once Geddes' main man showed up, it was like, oh, <laughs> please tell me they are not working as a team. Like I said, I still haven't finished the game, so I'll find out sooner or later, but... It's like, this does not bode well. But back to Team Magma, like, yeah, it might be hard for Team Rocket to elbow in on the territory, because Team Magma's got things covered. They're like, there's poor people at the Pokemon Center, you want to help us quickly, Professor. And then they've already found those four keys, the four colored jewel things that apparently open this cavern. Like, they've thought this out. And they have Alden get the door open, they enter the cavern, start documenting everything, but they don't find the one thing they were looking for, which we don't know what that is yet. So they leave. Like, they just get out of there. With all these questions behind them, like, what did they want? What they were they really looking for if they didn't care about ancient Pokémon? Like, they didn't even care about the treasures, those four shiny keys, because Team Rocket managed to snatch and run off with those for five seconds. Ash didn't get to battle the real bad guys, so he's itching to take it out on Team Rocket. Um, and now they can put the four treasures into a door within the cavern. And when the morning sun hits it, a secret underground staircase is revealed, leading to an underground spring. And a Pokemon called Relicanth. Um, a place that links the present and the untouched past. What a discovery! And the only one made that episode! Like, because Officer Jenny can't find anything about the crooks, Team Magma can't find whatever they're looking for, Team Rocket didn't figure out anything they wanted, Ash can't find anything about the new Petalburg gym leader, but Alden is jazzed. He's just working and working to learn everything he can, and... Well, good for you. Go follow your dreams. Ash has got to go follow his, and May has got to find hers. So they carry down the road until the next episode. Which hopefully will be soon. I've been really behind on a lot of things, and I'm trying to use this weekend to catch up. So hopefully March and April will, like, make up for January, February. <laughs> but I hope it was entertaining. I like seeing Ash and May in this stage of their journey, and, like, trying to figure out how to work together, and Ash kind of in that weird place of where, like, he's really irritated by May, but also is kind of like, you know, proud senpai. He's, he's like, I want to show you the ropes. I'm so excited to be able to teach you things. Like, there's something cute about that, how he seems to really enjoy taking May under his wing and, like, teach you about Pokemon battles, and this is how the Pokemon Center works. And, like, that joy of getting to experience somebody's, you know, early journey with them. Again, balanced with the fact that May is just, like, not into anything and <laughs> always just ticking him off. But anyway, if you want to keep up with these episodes, you can subscribe on iTunes or Zoom or wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can find us at our blog page, pcappypodcast.blogspot.com, where you can also find those links to PokePress videos that I was talking about. Um, you can send an email to pcappypodcast at gmail.com if you want to ask me something directly. Logan sent a really lovely email a while ago talking about um, the Brock special episode and 
you know, thoughts about Lola. And I just kind of like the observation that, you know, it might not be just, you know, she had all these kids and then one day left. It's entirely possible that she's been in and out, you know, Brock's entire life. That, like, even that period of absence before Ash showed up wasn't a new thing. That maybe she frequently left between children. <laughs> and whether or not that's the case, like, I think he's definitely onto something in that whether Lola has been physically present or not, she has not been there as a mother for Brock's entire life. Like, given her current behavior, it's very doubtful that she was, like, the loving, doting mother we all hope we have, and then suddenly changed. Her behaviors in one way or another is probably something he's been dealing with the entire time. If you have thoughts about Brock or Misty or Ash or May or any of these characters, you can send your own emails to pcappypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're also on Facebook and Twitter. Sometimes. Admittedly, I'm not especially active with the social media aspect of this podcast. <laughs> I'm trying to be. I'm trying so hard. Like, I even, upon request, set up a YouTube channel, which you can find, Peacappy Podcast, on YouTube. But there's only, like, one episode, like, the first one posted. But I'm working to be better. And certainly, if you guys send me, like, tweets and things, I will, I will respond and I will like and I will giggle happily to myself and try to be more active. <laughs> I'm doing my best, but I'm 30. I don't understand this tweeting thing that the young ones are doing, but... <laughs> but anyway, thank you so much for listening. Um, and until next time, this has been Peacappy Podcast and will continue to be Peacappy Podcast in the future. <laughs> um, but thank you again. Gotta catch them all! <laughs> <laughs>